Hello and welcome to Tanchamara Report on CHMA 106.9 FM and chmafm.com. We're broadcasting from Sackville, New Brunswick, the heart of the Maritimes, on the traditional and unceded lands of the Mi'kmaq people. I'm Erica Butler. It's Wednesday, December 20th. On today's show. My immediate thought was like, do we leave our ID somewhere? Like something so minimal. Like at that moment, I wasn't really scared because I'm like, this has to be something so small. When a police officer showed up at Chelsea McKenney's door one night this summer, she didn't expect that she would wind up spending the night in a Shediac jail and be facing criminal charges for assaulting a police officer and resisting arrest. But that's what happened. We hear the story of this 911 call gone wrong coming up shortly, right after some local news and information briefs. The town of Tanchamar is inviting nominations for the Sackville Sports Wall of Fame. The wall honors the achievements of Sackville's athletes, teams, and builders who have made significant contributions to sports in the town. Categories include individual athletes, teams, and builders. Nominations are due by January 12th, and forms are available on sackville.com. Mount Allison University is closing down for the holidays. Offices will be closed at the end of business day on Friday, December 22nd, and stay closed until Tuesday, January 2nd. Residences will close for the term on Thursday, December 21st, and reopen on January 6th. Classes will begin again on Monday, January 8th. A group of Sackville residents are looking into the feasibility of opening a not-for-profit gym in the Tanchamar area. The group is asking for feedback from community members who might be interested in such a space to help outline their vision. An online survey asks questions like what type of gym people would like to see, as well as their preferred hours and scheduling style. Links to the survey are available on social media, and the deadline to fill out the survey is the end of day on Wednesday. Next up, a story of a police interaction gone wrong in Sackville. On June 23rd at about 10.20 p.m., someone called the 911 dispatch in New Brunswick to report a disturbance in progress at an apartment in Sackville. At about the same time, Sackville residents Chelsea McKenney and Justin Baird were settling in for the night after putting their six-year-old son to bed. They had no idea that within about half an hour, McKenney would find herself handcuffed and sitting in the back of a police cruiser after having been tackled and arrested in her own hallway. The incident in McKenney and Baird's apartment on June 23rd has had several repercussions. McKenney has filed a formal complaint with the independent agency known as the Civilian Review and Complaints Commission for the RCMP. She is also working with the Nova Scotia-based organization Path Legal to file a complaint with the Canadian Human Rights Commission over her treatment that night. At the same time, she is facing criminal charges of resisting arrest and assaulting a police officer. The 31-year-old mother of two has been denied legal aid and is now considering whether to appeal that decision, represent herself, or somehow find money to pay a lawyer. She's due back in Moncton Provincial Court to enter a plea on January 3rd. So what exactly happened on June 23rd, and how did it go so wrong? The incident began with a 911 call for what police called a disturbance in progress. McKenney and Baird believe the call was either outright false or a noise complaint blown out of proportion. The couple's six-year-old son has nonverbal autism and is prone to outbursts or banging. It's something their landlord, Debbie Johnstone of Birchwood Holdings, is aware of. In a letter of support submitted with McKenney's complaint to the Civilian Review and Complaints Commission, 
Johnstone wrote that she always informed incoming tenants of Theo's autism as she didn't want any problems for the family. Despite Johnstone's efforts, McKenney says she did receive routine messages from a neighbor complaining of noises and banging, and she responded regularly, informing them of her son's autism and the fact that he sometimes makes banging noises. About a week before June 23rd, McKenney had had enough of the repeated messages and blocked one of her neighbors from further messaging. For McKenney and Baird, the night of June 23rd started out to be relatively uneventful. The couple's oldest child was spending the night elsewhere, and after putting their youngest to bed, the couple retreated to their bedroom, where Baird started playing a video game, and McKenney cracked open a vodka soda and started scrolling her phone to see whom she might like to call. Then they heard a knock at the door. Baird went into the hall to answer the door and spoke to Sackville RCMP Constable Matthew Daigle, who Baird says told him he was there in response to a complaint of a disturbance in progress. Baird says he was confused and questioned the officer about the nature of the complaint. I said, really? Like, just like, can you hear anything in here? And just kind of, I was prying for information to see like what, what was actually going on here because it didn't make any sense, right? McKenney says that's when she came out into the apartment hall to find out what was going on. With the type of life we lead, my immediate thought was like, do we leave our ID somewhere? Like something so minimal, like at that moment, I wasn't really scared because I'm like, this has to be something so small. It turned out not to be something as simple or small as a misplaced wallet. When Baird informed McKenney of the disturbance complaint, the two exchanged looks of disbelief, telling Constable Daigle that nothing was out of the ordinary and that someone must have made a false report. The two told the officer about noise complaints made by their neighbors in the past, but McKenney says Constable Daigle didn't seem to believe them. Like, we don't know where you get this. Like, this, no. And he's, right away, he's saying, like, he had mentioned to me something about, well, it looks like you're lying. Like, he had said, like, by the look on your face, it looks like you're lying. And I'm, no, I, I'm not. Baird recalls that Daigle had been pretty insistent that something was amiss at their home, asking repeatedly what was going on, looking in the living room and their son's room, and finding nothing out of order. McKenney says she then asked to move the conversation to the building hallway so as not to wake her son. There, McKenney knocked on two neighboring doors, making contact with neighbor and acquaintance Kiara Bubar, who agreed to serve as a witness. Bubar, who had no knowledge of anything that had taken place up till then, says McKenney was agitated and upset and that Daigle was stern. The most information I got about what was happening at that point was... Um, something about a disturbance. At that point, I thought it was like a noise complaint. Um, And so I was kind of wondering like how it (laughs) escalated the way it did. Um, But she's like clearly like very nervous and worked up because she didn't know why the cops had like showed up at her door and why they were like questioning her and stuff. In the hall, Daigle asked McKenney basic questions like her name and birth date. Both Bubar and McKenney say that Daigle then said he would be going back into McKenney's apartment to speak with Baird. Bubar recalls McKenney objecting. So she said, like, no, I'm not okay with that. You're not going back in there. So she went into the apartment and he, like, bolted after her. And, like, I didn't know why, like, why he was going after her or, like, how, like, why he escalated it. But he went right after her. At that point, Bubar says she could hear a commotion, but no longer see what was going on. Baird, meanwhile, was still in the apartment. 
the door opens and she comes in with the intent to shut the door. And that's when the officer tackles her from behind. In an interview with CHMA in September, McKenney remembered it this way. I did run. Like, I ran over to the apartment and I took one step and he came up behind me and literally just tackled me. Like, he, just, he literally took me to the ground. He ripped the entire back of my shirt. Daigle handcuffed McKenney, and she recalls him saying she was under arrest for assaulting a police officer and resisting arrest and that she would be spending the night in jail in Shediac. The RCMP won't release details of McKenney's arrest or what led to it. Sergeant Eric Hansen of the Sackville Detachment confirms by email that on June 23rd, Sackville RCMP responded to a 911 call for a disturbance in progress at an apartment in Sackville. While police were determining what had taken place, Hansen writes, one person was arrested. Baird says he believes his partner reacted like most people would react if they unexpectedly got grabbed from behind. She didn't throw any punches. Like she, like she de- definitely didn't make any assault at the officer, but she definitely was surprised enough that she turned around and like tried to stop him from putting the handcuffs on her, right? Baird says that at one point he heard Daigle say that if she didn't calm down, he would tase her. At which point I, I asked her to calm down because I was scared. At that point, he was going to really hurt her. McKenney admits that she did resist Daigle's takedown, mainly because she was scared. He came up behind me and for like a millisecond, I was like, whoa, and kind of tried to get away, right? I'm like, what is going on? But it's this huge man. He took me down very quickly, right? Daigle took the handcuffed McKenney to his police cruiser and then went back to speak with Baird, who asked what had happened and expressed concern over the 911 call to police. Baird says he was still trying to figure out what had led to the call in the first place and wondered if this was simply a noise complaint because his son had made some noise at bedtime. But no, he clarified with me that it was a, a physical 911 domestic dispute call. And I, and I kept asking him, like, what are you doing about that? Are you going to be doing something about that? Because somebody has reported a false report here. McKenney was taken to the Shediac Jail to spend an uncomfortable night. And her experience there was actually part of the Canadian human rights complaint being put together by PATH legal lawyer Mukisa Kakembo on McKenney's behalf. After her arrest by Daigle, McKenney requested the ability to get some period products from home to bring with her, but she says Daigle refused her request. Kakembo says that's a violation of the Human Rights Act. So I see that as a failure to accommodate um, her need to care for her um, gender and sex. So um, under the Human Rights Act, there is a requirement to consider the specific needs of an individual and provide accommodations for that. So by denying her, um, I feel like that portion of it really took away like her like basic human decency and her right to dignity. A human rights complaint is a long and tedious legal process, one that could take years, says Kakembo. McKenney's formal complaint to the Civilian Review and Complaints Commission is also proving to be a long process. After first emailing and briefly meeting with Sergeant Eric Hansen in the Sackville RCMP detachment, McKenney submitted her complaint to the Civilian Review and Complaints Commission on August 9th. Later that month, she found out that the first step in the process would be to refer the matter back to the RCMP detachment involved, who had 45 days to come up with an informal resolution or else investigate the matter themselves. In October, McKenney received a letter stating the RCMP were continuing to work on the investigation, 
and she got a call from an investigator with the Rishabuktu RCMP detachment requesting an interview. October was also the month of McKinney's first court appearance and when she was formally charged with assaulting a police officer and resisting arrest. McKinney is getting help from Path Legal for her human rights complaint, but is on her own so far in terms of defending against the criminal charges against her and her complaint against the RCMP. Path Legal lawyer Mukisa Kembo says McKinney's story illustrates how police tend not to be trauma-informed, a system-wide issue that her organization has seen before. Kakembo says it's also not uncommon for Path Legal to hear about cases of excessive use of force by police. And I think that is one of these situations where, you know, it went from a sort of calm evening with a woman and her partner to, unfortunately, like being attacked by a police officer who was much larger than her and much stronger than her. Um, and in my opinion, there was absolutely no reason for that to happen. A police officer in that situation did not need to use that amount of force. In the origins of the police force, they weren't really trained to respond to situations in like a calm demeanor. Like they're, they're kind of trained to take an aggressive stance. So if we are going to have officers responding to well, wellness checks and to situations of domestic violence, um, I think really what they need is de-escalation training um, to be able to sort of respond to these situations in a way that's actually going to result in a positive resolution um, rather than resulting in someone being attacked by a police officer and ending up with criminal charges. McKenney says she's hoping for some accountability from the RCMP, even as she continues to try to make sense of what happened. I feel like in a matter of one day, I lost so much faith in humanity and in the world. And it's like, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. Like me and my boyfriend are providing for our kids. We're good parents. We do everything we're supposed to do. And why did I ever deserve to be in this position? McKenney is still considering her options regarding legal representation on her own charges and is due back in court on January 3rd. That's it for Tanchamar Report for Wednesday, December 20th. Sage May News wants to hear from you about the stories you'd like to hear more about. Get in touch with us at news at chmafm.com. I'm Erica Butler. Thanks for listening.